everyone. This is Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break, and I am so excited to be here. We are here helping moms gain confidence so they know they are doing enough and doing the right activities. So today we are starting out a new year. This is January 2nd of 2023. And so first of all, I just want to say Happy New Year. It's exciting to start a new year, to sort of look back on what has happened. And I've been doing a lot of reflection on what has happened in the past year, both personally and business-wise today. I was going back and looking through some of my goals for our business last year, but also I know it's really important because when we would start a new homeschool year, I wanted to make sure that we had done the things we needed to do and we were moving forward where God wants us to be. So today what I want to do is start a four-part series called How to Plan for 2023 with a Purpose. You know, a lot of times we just go through and we just think just as long as we check off all the boxes, math and reading and writing, that we're doing everything. I think you need to go back to the drawing board this week and think, what is my purpose in homeschooling? What is God calling me to do? And as you do that, I, we're not going to talk so much about that purpose today. What we want to talk about are three tips to get started to not stress out. Because next week we're going to pick it up. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a homework assignment. I want you to think about why are you homeschooling? What is your big picture? If you already know whether you're listening to this live or on the recording, go ahead and leave a message for me or even just pop in and say hi. That would be sort of cool too. So I would love to know what your why is. Why are you homeschooling? What is God calling you to do in 2023 in your homeschool? And it may be a lot of different things. Next week, we're going to start talking about, we have three more weeks. One will be um, planning with a purpose to build character in your kids. Planning with purpose is the next one is to encourage your kids to love learning. And then planning with a purpose to build independent thinkers. So we've got three more. So the homework assignment today is to think about that and then you can pick out the ideas over the next few weeks. But as we plan, sometimes we get stressed out because what do we choose to do? We're going to get sort of down into the nitty-gritty minute, weekly, daily ideas today instead of just the big picture. I do think you need to be able to pick out what is your purpose. I will tell you, it took me five or six years to come up with ours. We basically, I felt like God was calling us to raise our children to be able to think critically and biblically as adults in any situation. So they could lead for Jesus Christ. That is what our goal was. And so we chose activities. We chose curriculum. Everything was centered on giving them a biblical worldview. And so they could use that biblical worldview with whatever they're doing. And here is moms and dads and husbands and wives and business people. So let's talk about three tips to help you not stress out this year as you're planning. Number one, you... Do you have a routine? Now, I am not saying an unbendable schedule. An unbendable schedule is something that just will stress you out. But do you have a routine of how your day is going to flow? Think about it. For me, when I was homeschooling, I got up and I had private time. That was my personal time before anyone else got up. Then I cooked breakfast. We all ate together. Then everyone got ready. And then we had homeschool for the morning time. And then we ate lunch. And if they had anything left that they needed to do, they could do it on their own. 
pretty much. Now, I know some of you have little kids. We're going to talk about little kids at the very end. Well, older kids and little kids and ways you can alternate. But do you have a routine? That was sort of our routine because I use the afternoons for me to work on our businesses as well. It's sort of a daily flow. The thing that's very important about this when you create a routine is you do not copy someone else. You need to do what's best for you. You do not need to be comparing. And if you're on the video, you can see you don't need to be using this phone and looking at all the social media because all you do is get frustrated, stressed out. They're showing you their perfect day and there is no perfect day if we're really honest. Don't compare yourselves to others. If you start out 2023 realizing that you need to just go to God and find out what he is calling you and your family and your homeschool to, you'll be a lot better off. You can still use social media to find information or Pinterest or whatever it is. But I really will encourage you to start off this year not comparing yourself. If you lack confidence, you might be comparing yourself to everyone else. And that just doesn't work. See what is best for your family. All right, talk to your husband and find out what he says. If you have older kids, talk to them and let's see how they, they should have a say in what's going on. If they're 13 and up, I would say even younger kids, but at least teenagers should have a say in how things are going. We're going to talk about that too. All right, so number one is routines. Number two, time management tools. Use the tools. There are great tools out there. For us, when we were homeschooling, I used Google Calendar, and I would color code the kids' activities. Steve could get on. He could see when they had a, a baseball game or a soccer game or whatever it was. He could see when we had family activities or church activities because everything was color-coded. And then I could also keep track of what we were doing in homeschool. Now, I'm an old-fashioned paper and pencil lesson plans. I would still do that if I were homeschooling today. I might, I might do some online. I don't know. But I like to be able to see it and erase it and move things around. I am using some... Um, Trello for my own business, for my to-do list, and that has actually helped me a lot. If you're not familiar with it, just Google Trello, and you can actually use it for your homeschool as well. And you can move things around and check them off, and your kids could check them off if you want to include them. Another thing, another time management tool is just the simple activity of time blocking. What do I mean by time blocking? For us, we had a time, usually from about 8.30 to 12.30, that was a block of homeschool. Did every day look the same? No. It was just basically the morning time was that. Before that was breakfast, after that was lunch. And then we had times during the week that we would do chores. Maybe we all pitched in some, as kids got older, we all pitched in on Saturdays and cleaned the house. When they were younger, for some reason, we did that on Mondays. Maybe you're part of a co-op, and you know that for us, uh, for some reason, co-ops tended to be on Tuesday. So we knew Tuesday was blocked off for co-op, and the rest of the days we homeschooled here at home. Maybe you have time blocking from 4 to 6 because your kids have sports practices or games or whatever. You go to church on a certain night or on... Sunday morning, my, my son actually goes to church, excuse me, at five o'clock on Sunday night. So just blocks of time that you know that's what you're going to work on. If you're working at home, maybe you time block the morning for homeschool and the afternoon or evenings or before homeschool for your work. I don't know what type of work you do, but that would be a really easy way to sort of keep track of it all.
And then finally, timers. Timers are great. I use timers. I use Pomodoro method, which is 25 minutes of work, five minutes, get up from the computer and go do something else. And sometimes that's clean the bathroom or empty the dishwasher. Sometimes that five minute break is prayer. Could you use that in your homeschool? Maybe your kids are old enough to be able to work for 25 minutes straight and then we all take a five minute break. For us, we did our family time for an hour. They worked for about an hour and by then it was around 10 or 10.30 and then they had a 15 minute recess. They went outside and I had peace and quiet in the house. And then I had a snack for them when they came in. So we did use timers. For your kids that aren't motivated or getting stuck or something, you might use a timer. If your kids are not getting their work done because it's just dragging on, I would use very short timers for them. For instance, let's say they're going to work on math problems. Maybe a five-minute timer and you say you are totally focused and then you get a three-minute break and then get up and do whatever your family allows them to do and then we work for five more minutes that may seem like a lot but younger kids may need really short time periods hopefully they can build up to 15 minutes or 20 minutes but put a timer on so they stay focused because really even a five or six year old can do something for five minutes and then expand it to 10 and keep it expanding but that timer helps them know and you know it's up to you you could reward them for staying focused or you could have a consequence if they don't stay focused. I would always start with the rewards and the benefits before I move to the discipline. So if y'all have other ideas or other tools for time management, please leave it as a uh, comment um, wherever you are listening this. I would love to see what you have to say as well. Oh, there's Laura. I keep trying to get to comments. Her why, to raise women of God who love and serve the one true God, to give them a safe and comfortable learning environment so that they can learn in their individual styles as we focus on a biblical worldview. That is so awesome. Yes. And at the end, I will tell you, but she's already found the mini course freebie on simplifying our homeschool. And time blocking is so good. And I think you're really right. Rhythm and schedule are different. I think, I think everyone needs a rhythm to their day or their week may not be a tight schedule so and i know we got type a people and they're trying to check off all those boxes so we still have those people to deal with all right routines time management tools number three train your kids to lead in their own education to take ownership because what i have found is kids in high school are following they just do whatever mom tells them to do they do whatever their teacher tells them to do wherever they are they're just checking off the boxes and they are not paying attention and they really could care less not all but that tends to be a trend these days i think when you can get your kids to take ownership and leadership it will reduce the stress and overwhelm and you will become confident let's just take for example a five paragraph paper if they are learning the tools of writing, does it really matter what the topic is? No. If they choose a topic, if your kids love motorcycles, or maybe they love knitting, or maybe they love dance, I don't know. But why not let them choose a topic they're interested in? Will they produce a better five-paragraph paper? Will they learn those tools of writing if you let them take ownership and make decisions and lead in their education? Yes, I truly believe that. I will give you an example. There was a time we were studying um, ancient Rome. 
and Hunter was writing a five-paragraph paper, and I'm thinking, oh, emperor from Rome, and he can learn more about history, and I'm going on and on, and he is like, whatever, mom, and then the next day, I had some time to think about it, and I realized we had just bought a book about Derek Jeter, who is a short, was a shortstop for the New York Yankees, out, one of the top baseball players there's probably ever been. And I said, Hunter, what if you write your paper on Derek Jeter? Well, his eyes lit up. He knew he'd get to read the book that he was interested in. And we actually tied it in with some physics of baseball and science of baseball and all sorts of things. He was so much more interested than if we had done what I had chosen, Roman emperors, which he would probably find it interesting today. But as a 10 or 11-year-old, baseball was a lot more important. So let them make decisions. Let them take leadership and ownership. I believe when you do this, it encourages your kids to be motivated to learn because they are participating in decision-making. They feel like they get to make some decisions and it's not mom just dictating all the time. I've got um, a whole section later on this month. I'm going to be giving a free masterclass, Four Steps to Raising Christian Leaders, and we'll be talking about ownership and leadership with teens as well. And I'll get that link out to you when it's ready for registration. So I really think teens, especially teens, need to be making decisions. I will give you another example. Ashley did not finish Algebra 2. She went on to get a college degree. She never took the SAT or ACT. She went on to get a college degree in a year and a half and then got her teaching certificate here in Texas and taught at-risk kids. Gentry, she did her math, but she did not like math at all. And so she did, I think, take an SAT or an ACT. And she ended up choosing to go to a junior college and then to Texas A&M. So they, were, um, they did things differently. And I allowed them to make decisions. They both wanted to take an astronomy class in high school. So on their transcript, one of their sciences for a semester was astronomy. That's because I wanted them to lead in their education. Finally, let's talk about little kids. You're like, okay, you're talking about all the old kids. What can we do with little kids? And you're right. They may not be, they could still make some choices. And I think it's important that we give them decisions to make, even as little kids, so that they learn how to make decisions. But I think what we can do, you and me, we can share our expectations for the day. And what I did was give them a weekly plan. So we had columns for every day, and then I just listed underneath what I expected them to get done. It wasn't 25 things. It might be read these pages in your history book or write these sentences in copy work and do this page in math or watch a video or um, we're going to do a science experiment. So I was just listing, and then they knew what I expected of them, and then they could work a little more independently, which is, I think, really important, raising our kids to be independent learners. So routines, time management tools, and training our kids to lead in their own education. Now, I already mentioned what Laura found. I have a mini course. It is how to simplify your homeschool, and I think this is the perfect time to do it because you're going to get some ideas on getting ready for 2023 and simplifying and giving yourself confidence in homeschooling. So there is a, a link in the description wherever you are listening or watching this. It is a three-part video course, so what happens is you will sign up and you will be emailed part one. 
and you'll have a day to work on watching that video and there's a workbook for each pay for each day then the following day you will get part two and then the last day you will get part three so you will get it in bite-sized chunks so you can actually get it done and find some maybe if it's not new ways to um, simplify maybe it's just reinforcing some other ideas as well Melissa says is fourth and fifth grade too young to begin to make their own decisions in school it really depends on your child, I think, and I don't know if I said your name right, Melissa, but I really think it depends on your child. If you have trained them or encouraged them to make decisions for themselves, I mean, even like, what do you want for lunch, a ham sandwich or a peanut butter sandwich? If they're used to making those decisions, I say, yes, let them make it. They don't have to, you don't have to give them every subject you're trying to cover. But choose maybe one thing and let them do it. I think especially fourth and fifth grade, science is a great place. Just find out what they're interested in and then go to the library and let them get books to read and find a book that has some science experiments and once or twice a week do some science experiments. And you can even write out, you know, what um, they can do a notebook page and write what they're learning about. That would be something where they choose. And I let my kids in elementary school, I let them choose the topics. I mean, we would go back and forth. Another thing is what book to read. Maybe there's certain books you want them to read and so you alternate. Here's a book you're going to read that goes along with history. And then your next book, you get to choose. Now, you have to, I don't know what everyone's parameters are on reading or movies or any of that, but make sure it's all within whatever goes along with your family values. So I do think there are ways you can begin to let them make decisions. And the more they make decisions, the more comfortable they make. And then you have the opportunity to help them make wise decisions about it and as they are even reading a book that's a fourth or fifth grade level and i will give you one pippi longstocking i read pippi longstocking as a fifth grader i was not a reader i didn't like to read i like pippi longstocking when ashley got to be around fourth or fifth grade i was like hey here let's read this book and she just kept saying no 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 she was reading parts of it finally i sat her down and i found out i was like what, why don't you like it? She goes, because Pippi Longstocking lies and we're not supposed to lie. Oh, tell me about it. I was like, well, I'm learning lessons from my fourth or fifth grader. And so I said, okay, fine, let's not do it. It was going against the values we had taught her. So there are a lot of things that went on there. She got to then make a choice about the book she wanted to read. I learned a lot about how she was making choices. And we had a chance to talk about biblical worldview characters because i do think there is a time in place that you read uh, books that go against god's um, design for instance reading about ruthless like some of those emperors back in roman time period there's a time and a place maybe with older kids that you do it and then you talk about did this person act in a biblical way if not how would god want us to act if we were that person so i think there's a lot going on there i sort of talk all about that in our leadership um uh, workshops that we'll be doing later on in the month. So I hope that answers your question a little bit. Then Laura says, listening to our kiddos and their interests also helps us to know them and is a love language as well. They feel respected and cherished when we hear them. That is so true. So, so true. And I will tell you right now, it's a lot easier as grandma, as Gigi, because I don't have them 24 hours, all seven days a week. But when I get with them, like they were just here yesterday. So we went on a hike through the woods over there. But, um, you know, it is hard to, to slow down. And so I would just encourage you as we finish out uh, today, 
slow down and first listen to God and see what his calling for you is. Then slow down and listen to your kids. You will learn a lot. And sometimes the frustration you are feeling is because you're just trying to put them um, a, uh, a square peg in a round box. And they, you're trying to have them learn in ways that just don't really go with the way that they think, the way that they feel. And so there are, I know there are times we just need to move forward, but a lot of times we can alter just a little thing here or there, like what book you're going to read or what you're going to write about, and you will get a lot more out of your kids. So, all right. Thank y'all so much for spending time with me. Um, I will look forward to talking to you next week. We will talk about planning our 2023 to build character in our kids and think about from now until then, what is your big why? What do you feel like God is calling you to do in your homeschool this year? So I'm Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break. Talk to you later.